What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Matt Connor here, host, co-host with my pal, Sterling Holmes. We are here to bring you the most engaging content we can with as much engagement as we can create as we try to engage with things about the Chiefs. Folks, my man, Sterling Holmes is, what? Engaged, dude. I mean, look, the Chiefs are back, blah, 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 blah. That all matters secondarily to... My man popped the question over the weekend to his longtime girlfriend, Natalie, who I've met and is kind and lovely. But Sterling, I mean, can you, t- I know we got stuff to get to, but let's get personal here. How was it? Like, uh, she obviously said yes. Yes. How do you feel? Yes. I Outstanding, happy, uh, thrilled. Uh, she got a ring well before DeAndre Hopkins. You know, that's a whole, that's a whole show is how Ooh. my girlfriend got a ring at DeAndre Ooh. Hopkins clearly is not, uh, but no, man, it was, it was amazing. Uh, she was a little confused because we were in Southern Indiana and, uh, yeah, your home state Yep. and we were on a gazebo. I kept telling her all day. I said, we're going to trivia tonight, dress up. And she's like, why the hell am I dressing up for trivia? <laughs> I'm like, just trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. And so she was very glad I told her to dress up for trivia. I mean, can you tell us about the moment or is this like too Yeah, bad? yeah. When uh, my grandparents' house, they live in the countryside, middle of nowhere. They got like 30 some acres they mow. They have a really pretty gazebo. Uh, she liked the show Gilmore Girls. If you uh, ever have, if you guys are listening, uh, if you're, uh, if you have someone who likes Gilmore Girls, um, the gazebo is a main part of that show. And I thought, huh. I have an idea. And so I did it on the gazebo, got a cute little video. Um, I'm a romantic man. I'm a romantic man, Connor. I don't know what you what you want me to say, uh, but it was very lovely. I'm glad she said yes. I knew she would say yes. It was always that split moment where you're like, I, I hope she says yes, right? Yeah. Like she, she's going to say yes, right? And of course she did. And it was uh, an amazing moment. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to you, to her. Starting... The preseason with a ring. That's a good way to put it. As we chase a ring here with the Chiefs. Lots to talk about today, folks, on this episode. Believe it or not, the doldrums of the summer and late spring are over. Players, very real players, are in training camp. I saw Tommy Bahamasher walking in to St. Joe today. Uh, but before we do, let's give our friends a shout uh, Sterling, what you got for us? FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to win some money, go to FanDuel Sportsbook. The Open is taking place. Royal Liverpool. Maybe you want to bet on a little bit of golf. Maybe you want to do some futures in the NFL. If you want to do that, go to FanDuel Sportsbook. Click the link in the description below to sign up. Get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks on any sport. Offers available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most gambling legal states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the description for the offers full terms. Again, FanDuel Sportsbook. Link in the description. No sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks on any sport. And if you already have FanDuel, head over to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets to find more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. Well done. Well done. Folks, uh, Sterling, I want to know how you're feeling today. When you see Patrick Mahomes bringing the spinner suitcase to work, talking about how he's ready to get, quote, better every day. We've been waiting for a while. Now, maybe you've been a little bit distracted by your pursuits of love, but those of us who've been married and are quite bored in the lives that we lead, 
uh, you know, of course, we're like, I felt quite excited to see all the guys back again, or at least some of the guys back again. Rookies yeah. report today. How did you feel when you saw some of that trickling in? Yeah, it was great. Rookies reported and quarterbacks today. So obviously Mahomes there. This is really cool. Uh, one shows you how good of a leader uh, Mahomes is, but it's fun because we're finally starting to get some actual stuff to talk about. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, we will get to here now that we know what he did. But for a, a, the longest time, it's all speculation. And now we will still have some speculation of who makes the roster, but we'll have some qualitative and quantitative numbers to go off of of why or why not. We'll see how the roster shakedown actually ends up playing out over the next few weeks. I'm excited. I love training camp time, not just if you're a Chiefs fan, but it's fun if you're a fan of another team as well, because every team has zero losses at this point. I know it's crazy, but if you are a Houston, Texas or Houston Texans fan, if you are a, um, you know, Atlanta Falcons fan, you're talking yourself into why this could be your year. Like this is always a fun time of year. You look back and I was watching the show quarterback on Netflix, right? I don't spoil it. I've watched five episodes. I still have three more to get to. Gonna watch tonight. You won't believe how it ends, by the way. Yeah, I have no idea how. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. perplexed. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy ending. And what I found so fascinating is so many close games. The margin of error in the NFL is so slim. Just for example, you look at the Chiefs. How many times do they come out with the victory in these one-score games, in these close games? As time expires, Mahomes finds Kelsey in the end zone. How many times do the Falcons have a lead? They fumble. They don't pick up a third and one. And that's how slim the margins really are in the NFL. And the baseline gets built now. We hear it all the time. We, we Talking to George Karloftis, he goes, yeah, training camp, OTAs, it's hard. But I wouldn't have it any other way. You see what goes on in January and February, and you look back to how you got there in July and August. Mm. This is the building block for the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And I do think there's something to Andy Reid and the Chiefs having this old school vibe, this old school um, harder training camp that you do see payoff and dividends in these close games well into the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to me as the Chiefs model of success becomes replicated more and more, you know, as more guys are hired away as you know, the longer the Chiefs win, the more it sort of grows exponentially that this uh, as it becomes a real dynasty, etc. The Chiefs, yeah, I wrote about this today. 20 years ago, it was 30% of all teams stayed home for training camp, right? It was the, the majority of teams would go to some remote location, create some like bonding experience where everyone has to get away from what they're used to. There's no routines this year. 78% of teams are going to stay right where they always do, which means players get to go home at night. I mean, for a lot of players, it's probably what they want. They get to go home at night. They get to hang out with their friends at off time. They get to be with their families. The regular rhythms of, of family life or single life, whatever it are, they're all still in place. But the Chiefs are one of seven franchises who decide, hey, let's pack it up. Let's pack it in. Let us begin to go somewhere else for the sake of creating that sort of special bonding or special experience where routines are interrupted, football's all you got, the only people you have are each other, and it creates these new impressionable experiences. If you've ever been in organizations like that, you can see the real value of that. Retreat, like some sort of staff retreat, some sort of, whether you're involved with a club, organization, sports, whatever it is, those kind of experiences can be very foundational. It makes me wonder if more and more teams will consider starting their seasons like this as the Chiefs are modeling this kind of success 
or whether we're going to see it become even more and more of an old fashioned thing. What do you think? It works when you win. It works when you win. We've seen it time and time again with Bill Belichick and when other folks like Joe judge and Patricia and they, they leave his wing and they try and act like Bill Belichick, it doesn't work. Yeah. It works for Andy Reid. It works for Bill Belichick. It has somewhat worked for Mike Vrabel. That's their personalities. They're old school. And it works when you win and if you are actually like that. Most players don't want to do this. You're right. Most players, I could almost guarantee you, they want to go home. They want to live their lives and be with their families, their friends, all that stuff. But when you win and you see the results, it's hard to deny it. It's hard to say, hey, I want to do it this other way. No, because you have the the ring and the Lombardi to show for why you do it this way. But you can't just pick it up. Like if you are, I don't know what team that does or does not do it. Let's just say you're the Houston Texans. You don't have the track record of success. Players aren't going to buy into that. You're not going to buy in to go, you know, five and 12. You're Carolina. You're not buying in to go six and 11. There's no, there's nothing there. But if you see the success, you've won the Super Bowl. You have the Lombardi. You have the ring. Well, then hell yeah. It's Andy Reid. Of course he knows best. To, to me, it all comes down to the Chiefs have done it for so long and they have the track record that, that backs it up. They'll keep doing it, but it's going to be very difficult for teams that don't do this, that haven't had success, to all of a sudden start doing it this way. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. It's easy. If, if it's already out of the bottle, it's easy to keep it out of the bottle, but it's hard to put that sort of toothpaste back in that tube if you've allowed players to be at home. Well, let's go over just some quick hits here. You know, now that training camp is in, is in session. Give me one thing that you're the most excited to see early in training camp. I mean, look, you and I are going to be talking training camp for the next several weeks, so we don't have to like break it all down. And I'm sure you're going to break it down even later this week with Adam and others. But, sure. but like as training camp begins, what's one thing on the leading edge of training camp that you are most sort of anticipating? I want to see how this guy looks. I want to see how this battle begins to shake out, like whatever it is. I think wide receiver is the obvious answer. I think it's okay. kind of the cop-out answer. I think part of me also wants to see Matt Nagy uh, with Eric Bieniemy now gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I see if there's any – we won't see a ton yet. We won't know. But I am a little intrigued to see how Matt Nagy back here in Kansas City, back now as the OC, what's that look like in comparison with Bieniemy now in Washington? I do want to see if there's any wrinkles, good, bad, indifferent, other. If anything changes, while, yes, Andy Reid is still there, he is the head chef the sous chef, if you will, on the offense is now changed. I want to see if there's any differences there. But wide receiver is the obvious answer. I, I know it's a cop out, but it's obviously the one I'm most intrigued about. I've been very high on Sky Moore. Yeah. Okay. I keep saying, we'll talk a little, little later on with DeAndre Hopkins, but this wide receiver core is not bad. They're unproven. And that's a difference. I know some people will say, well, unproven is bad. I don't think that's the case. I, I want to bring up George Pickens, for example. I think it's, it's a good one to bring up. George Pickens had a good year last year. You ask the majority of, of fans on the NFL, is George Pickens a good player? They'll say, yeah, he's a good wide receiver. Look at PFF. I know PFF's not the end-all, be-all. Scott Moore ranked higher than George Pickens. He didn't have the opportunity of George Pickens. Until you see what he can actually do, you have no idea what the upside is. You have to take the training wheels off at some point. Again, not bad, unproven. Kadarius Tony, unproven. He's not been bad. He's been unproven. We have to see him stay healthy. Rasheed Rice, kind of the same thing. And what I will say about the wide receivers right now, MVS, Richie James, 
and to an extent, Justin Watson, they are the baseline. That is a, you have to be this tall to ride the roller coaster. You have to be better than these three guys to see the field. Well, let's be real now. I know MVS and Richie, Richie James, they're not wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos, but they're legitimately good wide receiver threes back in wide receiver twos. In in my, my opinion of, I think what Richie James could potentially be a back end wide receiver two. That's a good baseline to have. If you have to be better than those guys to see the field, you have some floor there. It's not just a black hole. I don't understand this. The Chiefs are screwed at wide receiver. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's saying this, but I have a lot of folks in my mentions who are just yeah. uh, acting like the sky is falling. I'm like, pump the brakes. This yeah, is a team that crazy. just won a Super Bowl. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster, which, by the way, they lost him in playoff games too, and they were completely fine. Yeah, Mahomes can make every wide receiver better. You know what you can't make better? Linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks. <laughs> And that's what's going to come down to that second year of DeAndre Hopkins. Don't you want to keep those guys instead? Mahomes can make Sky Moore better. Can't make Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. or Legereus Sneed better. He can't make those guys better if they're not on this team. So I like where the wide receivers are at. It's unproven. It's young. They're going to be hungry. I, I am I'm intrigued to see how this plays out in training camp. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good to see. I, I want to see the early returns on some of these guys with injuries. I, Isaiah Pacheco had a couple surgeries in the offseason. I want to see how he's looking early on. I want to see Lucas Niang, who has been shrouded in mystery. I feel like Lucas Niang has been wearing the Harry Potter invisibility cloak for the last 12 months, and everyone's like, is he going to be a starter? Does he even exist anymore? Did he did he take another COVID opt-out year? Like, who the hell knows what – like, we talk about him like, oh, yeah, he's competing, and then – and then, it, then the Chiefs treat him like he's not even on the roster because they're like, let's draft that guy, sign that guy, get us another guy. Let's keep Prince Tegawanogo in the room because we need him to. You know, it's like, it just, does Niang even exist? Because everyone's talking about him all across the board. So, yeah, I want to see some of these guys with lingering injuries or who have been rehabilitating. Let me see them. Give me some good quotes on them early on so we kind of know what we're working with competition-wise on the roster. I will say, yeah, Evan brought this up. Andy Reid did say in today's press conferences, Pacheco might start on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list, depending on how he feels. Uh, Turk Wharton, uh, I saw, was going to start on that as well. Uh, Again, you're right. The the injury concerns, lingering injuries from past year carrying over, that is something to monitor as well. Um, Let me ask you this. Madden ratings are are dripping out this week. Do you care at all? No. Um... How many Madden Raiders are uh, GMs? Uh, no, they're not. They're, 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 how, how many of them are, are scouts? They, what I find fascinating is it's fun. It's fun for the players. It's fun for the fans. And quite frankly, I find myself getting worked up for no apparent reason. It, a lot of it is who's popular. Who is the big names? Who? There's a reason why Tyron Matthews is still up there, even though we know Tyron Matthews is not a top five, top seven safety. There's a reason why it's the same people year after year after year. It's a big name. People have that name recognition. They're going to be there. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald still being a 99, I, I think is fine. I have nothing necessarily against it, but I think Chris Jones was clearly better last year. doesn't matter. Aaron Donald's a bigger name. Um, I think you see a lot of the same thing with wide receivers. I think you see a lot of the same things with um, – you know, edge rushers is the bigger name guys compared to um, maybe some of the more underrated players who are actually really, really talented, but they don't have the same name. They're not always in the media. Yeah. I think, I think personally Madden ratings to me, they're fun, 
but I don't take a whole bunch of value from them. Yeah. I mean, I look, I quit playing the game a long time ago and it was clear that they only release like a new version of the roster and then keep churning out the same game year after year. I'm just kind of over all things Madden. I will say to our own Charles Robinson turned in a story earlier today, just pointing out that Justin Reed was the 33rd ranked safety in the game. And I just found that, you know, like, like the numbers were down for a lot of the chiefs early on. I just, some of these just get really funny and I, it would make sense to me as a player. If I had the chance to play myself in a video game and I sucked, (laughs) that would bother me if I didn't suck. That would, yeah. So I'll, I'll say it that way. Uh, One more quick hit for you before we dive into kind of our, you know, deep dive into nuke and wide receiver and what's going on with the chiefs. Chris Jones doesn't have to report until the 22nd, like most veterans. Do you think we see a deal done before he arrives? If not, do we think that he'll show up and we'll still see a deal? I guess I'm kind of wondering what you're thinking is going to happen here in the next week or two. Maybe we see a hold in where he reports but doesn't do anything and then just (laughs) wait for the contract. I I will say this, if he's not signed by the 24th, uh, right? Isn't 22nd is the 22nd. Yeah. Don't be alarmed. Think of it this way. Would you want to go sit in St. Joe in 100-degree weather? You and the Chiefs are on the same page. Chris Joe and the Chiefs are on the same page. They know what they want. We know they want to be higher than Quinton Williams. We saw what Quinton Williams got. I don't think he wants to go to training camp. The Chiefs don't want him to get injured. He's a veteran player. He's a leader, but not to the same extent that Mahomes is, right? You know, Chris Jones isn't this vocal leader. He's not – even defensively, I don't think the whole team rallies around Chris Jones, right? You know, before him it was Tyron Matthew – uh, kind of Frank Clark to an extent, and if you want to make the case for Anthony Hitchens prior to that, those were kind of the names that were always getting thrown around as the leaders defensively. Not the best players, but the leaders. As long as Chris Jones is there, I have no issue. I don't think he needs to um, go through a ton of training camp drills. He will sure. be ready. He knows what he's got to do. Uh, he's a very competitive man. He obviously wants to win defensive player of the year. I'm not concerned with this contract whatsoever, even if it's not signed by the 22nd. Um, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it is this might be a guy who just does not want to go to training camp and I don't blame him. Yeah, I I, I get that. But you bring up a good point that I hadn't really thought about here, which is you got BJ Thompson first year, fifth round pick. You've got, uh, you got Felix coming in as the first round pick. You've got Karloftis here. Who's only got one year under his belt. Frank's gone, right? Uh, normally there's a Dunlap or an Ingram or someone gone. They're gone. But not or, yet. Not, not yet. Those, not here those yet. guys also wait because they don't want to go to training camp. Right. So I'm saying if they're not going to bring a guy like that in, this is the prime time without Frank for Chris to step up and go, all right, this is the youngest unit around since I've been here. I'm now the senior in the room. It's time for me to make my presence felt in a way that I didn't have to before because the shark was there or because there was sort of a gun for hire who had been around, who had been a name and had been productive. So I think for that reason, it be like it would just be meaningful, I think, for those young guys to have Chris in there and and like picking up that mantle into this third contract to to take on the responsibilities and show off some of the intangibles like Frank did, who's no longer there. Yeah. Um yeah, so I know we agree on that, and and maybe some of this changes if they bring Dunlap in, um, or whoever. But but yeah, for now it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I would say it's, you're probably going to see some in the next week or two. Again, I'm not worried. I, I'm telling everyone right now if it's if it's not 
done by the 22nd. Don't be concerned. We we know he wants to be in Kansas City. Yeah. The Chiefs want him in Kansas City. We know the monetary value that wants to that they're trying to hit as far as in between. I'm not worried. And, yeah. and that's a good feeling. There, there's no uh, misunderstanding as far as what the holdup is. There's none of that Stefan Diggs situation that was happening with Buffalo for a while. So let's dive in here because the you know the the whole thing of our show here is around Nuke, right? DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs have been li- look. The Chiefs have in some way been linked to DeAndre Hopkins now for not just weeks but months, months. Will they re- will they trade him? Then he was released. Then the sign. The Titans had him in for a visit. The Patriots had him in for a visit. He signs a two year, twenty six million dollar deal with the Tennessee Titans, which obviously gives us our answer. I just wanted to go over some, like, as you look at the whole scene, the chase, the rumor mill, how things ended up. Let's look at some winners and losers here. Who would you call a winner in this instance? Uh, the Titans. Okay. And the Titans are the biggest winner. I don't think the Titans are good. I don't think the Titans are making the playoffs. But I think if you are a fan of the Titans and you are a player This shows that you're not tanking, that you're not going back, that while the AFC as a whole is very, very difficult, it's just Jacksonville and you in the AFC South. You play the NFC South this year. I mean, let's be real now. That's the worst division in football. Yeah. I I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think if you're the Tennessee Titans, you would consider this a win. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Newt got his money. Yeah, the, relatively. The, yeah, the, the Titans got their guy. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. You know, it's it's funny that they were the home for Julio Jones too. It's just kind of weird that they kind of went back to back, like the Chiefs went back to back with with like aging pass rushers to add to the rotation. They're doing the same, but at a much higher financial hit at, at wide receiver. There, the other the winner for me is the Chiefs' young wide receivers, and I, I like to me. You know, you talked about this earlier when you were profiling the guys, but you know the Chiefs need to see what they have. You can't figure out what you have with with the training wheels on. And that's what Nuke would have provided for that room is another year of training wheels on for Sky Moore, a year of training wheels for Rasheed Rice, which he may get anyway. At this point, though, now Mahomes has to look at Travis Kelsey, who's going to get his targets, and then a room full of guys who have great opportunity in front of them. So, look, I'm not... I'm with you. I don't think the sky is falling here. I think it's going to be, I think this room has a ton of potential. Yeah. I like, look, Kadarius Tony looked absolutely electric. If you, if you name the guys who looked that electric on the field, I'll say, I'll just say this in the last 10 years, in Andy Reid's instance, only Tyreek Hill and Jamal Charles looked as electric with the ball in their hands on the field as Kadarius Tony did in certain instances. No, Jeremy Macklin. No J Mac? I don't think so, man. I mean, I mean, Kadarius Tony's moves are so sick that he hurts his own ankles, right? Like, like the way he his acceleration is otherworldly. It's just it's just incredible. So when you have that kind of firepower, you got it takes time to learn how to use it. It takes time to to figure it out. Whatever. I'm not saying he's the third best weapon in the last 10 years. I'm just saying the electric or the dynamism is there at that level. And you can't coach that. You like you either have it or you don't, and most teams don't. The Chiefs didn't when they dealt Tyreek, and now they do again. And uh, so it, when you have that, you know, Sky, the other guys, that room not having another veteran in it, that makes them one of the winners. I will say just 
first and foremost, while people are listening to ask, acting like we don't want DeAndre Hopkins here, I would have loved DeAndre Hopkins here on a one-year deal. Yes. I, I would have said one-year yeah. deal, sign me up. The yes, reason yes. why I didn't want what, what the two-year deal is is salary cap restraints. The reason being you would lose Legereus, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., uh, Creed Humphrey, Trace Smith. It would make it that much harder to keep those guys. Um, that being the case, I didn't find the value in DeAndre Hopkins. That's where it came from. One-year deal, Sterling Holmes, all in. Two-year deal, Sterling Holmes, all out. Yes, I'm talking like Ricky Henderson right now. Um, <laughs> hey, are we agreeing on all these things? Yeah, this is weird. I this is we, super we weird. Uh, I love your I, takes. It's like you got engaged, and then suddenly like something just settled in you. Some good takes just settled in you. I don't know. Whatever it is, I love it. Yeah. What were you going to say? So my biggest loser is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins is my biggest loser here. I'm not saying it's a huge loss for him necessarily, but I'm surprised. The reason I'm saying it's the biggest, the biggest loser right here is imagine if he would have signed a, let's just say, you know, close numbers here. So let's say two year, $30 million deal. Okay. If he would have signed that deal last off season, no one would have believed you. Yeah. No one would have believed you that DeAndre Hopkins signed a two year $30 million contract. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. got one year, $15 million, up to $18 million in uh in bonuses, right? Same as DeAndre Hopkins that first year. What? A man coming off of a torn ACL who's been perpetually injured, who by the way has not been as consistent as you. And I love OBJ. Hopkins, to me, this is a fascinating ordeal and just dilemma of aging wide receivers and what that market looks like. He mistimed his market. He misunderstood his market. He said he wanted to win and he listed all these quarterbacks he wanted to catch the ball from. Surprisingly, I don't think Ryan Tannehill was on there. Yes, he'll be wide receiver one because Traylon Burks and, uh, you know, uh, Westbrook Aquino, the only other wide receivers on that, on that roster. But I think it's kind of an L to an extent for DeAndre Hopkins is based on what we thought he probably was going to bring back. The market didn't materialize. He ended up on the Titans and let's be real. The Titans are where wide receivers go to die. It's the veteran wide receiver graveyard, Andre Johnson. Okay. Julio Jones, Randy Moss. I mean, (laughs) let's be real. There's not been this. It's not revitalizing your career in Tennessee. I just don't understand this. I'm shocked the market wasn't larger than OBJ. I guess the only case you can make here is the Ravens had to do a Lamar Jackson policy where they had to try and mend the bridge with Lamar Jackson. The only way to do that was to overpay for, for Beckham Jr. I just found this whole thing fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Hopkins is twice the player to me that Beckham's going to be. I mean, in terms of like, in terms of time away from the field and injury risk and all that, give me, give me Hopkins all day, every day over, over OBJ. And they both might turn out to be very productive receivers this year, but the smarter, the much smarter money is on Hopkins in that case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a comment here that says, hold on. I I think it's an L for the Titans because their last GM screwed them by trading AJ Brown and Vrabel begged their GM not to do it. And it backfired costing him his Mm -hmm. job. And the Titans running uh, totally there. And look, this is uh, this is Carthen's first big move. Uh, his first year as a GM. Really, for him, the choice is: Do I want my team to have uh, Hopkins or not? I've got the money. I got him. To me, that's a good move. Yes. Um, and so you got to do that. It wasn't his fault that they traded AJ Brown. They did what they did. Maybe Burks turns into something, but yeah, the way I like Burks a lot. I like I, I like Traylon Burks. 
Oh, I, I hope he works out. But AJ Brown looked super good with the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Um, what a deal for them. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, do you think that Tannehill's going to play 16 games next year? Mm. I think there's a better chance of him than people are giving him credit for. Okay. The, re- the, the reason being, I, I think if they're anywhere close to that division, I don't think they make the playoffs. Like I said, um, you have to try. He gives them your best chance to win this year. Yep. yep. We saw Malik Willis last year. He is still, and, and maybe he has a great training camp and will let us a great training camp and someone takes it from him. But Ryan Tannehill, while not good, he's fine. And the rest of that team is pretty solid. And they're in the AFC South, which is the worst division in the AFC. I think you go with Ryan Tannehill until you are eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I do want to say, go go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll add this. I have felt stupid betting against or thinking negatively of Mike Vrabel's teams before. That guy is a hell of a coach who gets the most out of his players. So with that in mind, I like I at least want to give them that much respect and say maybe there's some benefit of the doubt here that they deserve that that some people aren't giving them, myself included. Uh, super chat from Bumpa BB. Thank you. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, says, yeah. Kelsey, the biggest loser, going to have to carry at 34. I guess, you know, it doesn't have a whole bunch to help take the pressure off of off of him. I get what you're saying. Um, you also make the case that it's going to make his numbers even higher. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I get what you're saying. I think it's a good point, but I'm not going to say he's the biggest loser. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, a question I really want to get to here. I think this is a really good one from Andy says it was about the money. It always is and always was. No one takes the ring chasing discount. That is the truest words. Yep. We always hear players say, yeah, you know, I want to win. Uh, going to Tennessee is not wanting to win. You always hear this time and time again. How often does it happen? How often do you hear fans and even occasionally people in the media say, well, they'll come to Kansas City because they want to win. They don't. I keep saying this. I said the entire DeAndre Hopkins time. I kept saying he's not going to come to Kansas City and take a discount. See, this is why it does not happen. We do not see it. So stop pretending like it does. I'm 100% <laughs> with you, Andy. Until all of a sudden we see a guy say, you know what? I want to win. I'm going to take a discount. And then we see it. Why do we keep pretending like it's going to happen? <laughs> it doesn't happen. You're right. You're right, man. You're right. Sterling, I want to I want to talk about the Chiefs posture in all this. Um, and I love your take here because I think here's the angle that no one's really taken on, at least from what I can, like from what I'm reading, I try to look through social media, whatever. I The, the angle that I'm thinking here, look, the Chiefs were public about wanting Juju Smith-Schuster back this coming season, right? Like like they were, they were working with his agent. They just didn't meet the financial demands of what the New England Patriots were willing to do. So, so right? you're saying he, he didn't take a discount to win a ring? So he didn't take a discount to win a ring, right? The Chiefs were reportedly in on Odell Beckham Jr., right? There was a lot of smoke there. I believe there was some level of a fire. The rumors about Hopkins were the Chiefs were in discussions with Hopkins agents, at least letting, like, keeping tabs on what was going on, right? So clearly there is a demonstrated interest in having brought in a veteran wide receiver with this room. Now the Chiefs are going to training camp without any of that. Let me – so – I guess I'm wondering, what do you make of 
the Chiefs had a few options here and came away with none. I'm not saying that's a failure. I mean, like, it's not a failure if I go to the store and say, I'm going to spend $5 per pound on ground beef. And if all the ground beef is $10 per pound, I don't lose because I don't pay $10 per pound. It just means I didn't pay the prices that they were. So I don't think there's any like Brett Veach failed to get his man here. Like that's not at all what I'm saying. But I do wonder, the Chiefs have demonstrated, hey, we got a young wide receiver room. Let's bring in a guy if it makes sense or the price is right. The price was never right. But I wonder what you do then with the Chiefs wanting that and not coming away with it. I think it kind of goes back to what I'm saying is players don't take a discount to win a ring. And it also goes to say the Chiefs have a price and they will not budge. Doesn't matter who you are. DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Judas Schuster does not matter. They have a price and they will not budge. They had the exact same thing happen with Tyreek Hill, the best wide receiver. If you want to say second best to the Otis Taylor, whatever you want to say, clearly the, the, the best wide receiver on that roster. They said, you know what? We don't care. We have a price. We are not going to budge. That's what it comes down to. I know. I get, I get that. But I wonder what, like, what do you, I guess here's what I'm saying, right? If I, uh, if I was single, right. And you were like, Hey, I got some options for you. And you have me go and like meet these people like one at a time. I'm like, oh, the first one's crazy. The second one's twice my age. And the third one likes pro wrestling and I just can't take it. Whatever it is, right? I'm making up silly scenarios here. Like uh, a fan I of could, the Eagles. Okay, right. So, so let's, yeah, like the Eagles. So I could say, hey, I'm interested in having someone in my life, but all the options were not for me. And I guess I'm wondering, like, what do you do with that if you're the Chiefs? Like, does that bother you that they're, quote, still single, having kind of flirted and shopped with? Do you think that there's still a move to be made? Or do you think that they were always okay rolling with the young guys? They just wanted kind of the veteran cherry on top. I think they just wanted the cherry on top. Okay. I think it's what it comes down to. I, I think they're like, hey, we're happy where we are at. But if we can get someone to, again, take a discount, we will be we will be thrilled. I mean, they won last year with Juju Smith-Schuster as wide receiver one. Yeah. And by the way, he was injured in some of those playoff games. It was MVS. It was Marcus Kemp. I will go back to saying this time and time again. Mahomes can make wide receivers and pass catchers better. He can't make linebackers better. He can't make safeties better. He can't make the cornerbacks better. You spend money there because Mahomes is going to make these wide receivers better. I'm not saying you never take a chance at wide receiver, but they are. They spend a second rounder on Sky a second rounder on Rasheed Rice. Like they're trying to build this up for the long run. They did the second rounder on McCall Hardman. They don't always pan out. They don't always get second contracts. But what they are trying to do is get young, controllable talent, and they understand that Mahomes is going to elevate those guys. Now, another aspect I want to bring up here, Mahomes is on his second contract. He's getting paid a ton of money. It was very rare for a quarterback on his second contract to win a Super Bowl. It was very difficult in today's modern NFL. You know, Russell Wilson had all that success in Seattle when they spent all that money in the defense because he was on a rookie contract. The Bills, the Bengals, they're about to have a hard time figuring this out that what happens when you have to pay Joe Burrow? What happens now that Josh Allen's under this contract? There's going to come with some contract restraints. The Chiefs have proven they, they can dance around that. Mahomes is a magician. But you don't spend as much money on wide receiver because you can elevate those guys. Other spots, he can't elevate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of guys, uh, fans, a lot of fans are okay with taking a position like cornerback and just going young there and seeing what happens, saying, hey, well, you know, they can coach up those guys. They just need time. And when it comes to wide receiver, there's not as much permission there. It's even true about, it's even true about running back. 
right? How many times have you heard Prince referred to as some sort of like great free agent find or undrafted free agent find as a running back when there's like literally zero evidence for this other than some like mini camp plays. And yet guys who were drafted in the second round as wide receivers are being viewed like through some negative lens. Like, well, they haven't proven anything yet. Uh, What's wrong here with Veach? Every player is unproven until they get a shot. Everyone roots for an underdog, by the way, as well. That's why when you see a seventh round or an undrafted guy get even an inkling of of media time, he becomes a darling. Sure. It's fun. You want to root for those guys. I root for those guys. It's yeah. human nature. I don't know. I, I, I'm just – I'm a little bit tired, too, to an extent of – I'm not saying Brett Beach does everything right. I'm not saying he's perfect. But also, can we trust the guy? Right. Can we trust the dude who obviously knows what he's doing better than any of us? Yeah. Who who are we to say he needs to bring in this veteran wide receiver? Like, does he? He he's been proven time and time again how good of a GM and the and the master plan he has laid out. Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. Look at the betting odds. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Surprisingly, DeAndre Hopkins didn't make the Titans the favorite. Like, Brett Veach knows what he's doing. Let's stop acting like he's this buffoon who who can't figure out what to do at wide receiver. Let the plan play out. It might be wrong. Sure, it could be. But the track record he has so far shows us more than likely he's probably going to be right. Folks, if these wide receivers aren't working out through eight weeks of the season, you have a trade deadline in which you're going to be able to go get guys from the league's lesser teams. You're going to see a Mike Evans trade. You're going to hear Kyle Pitts trade rumors, at least. You're going to see some of these things happen. So, yeah, I'm with you. Trust Veach. It's going to be okay. The guys we don't know anything about doesn't mean we fill it in with negative. We don't fill in what we don't know with negative scenarios. And that's what's happening here. Yeah. If if every Chiefs wide receiver they drafted was a seventh round or if everyone was Justin Ross – where we literally have no idea. Dude has it was undrafted, it was yeah, great his freshman year and then fell off, was injury. I would say, okay, yeah, Justin Ross is playing to be a major yeah. part of this team. If that's where we're putting all of our eggs, I would say, okay, yeah, I'm concerned. They're not. That's yeah. why they brought in Richie James. You have to be this tall to ride the roller coaster. Richie James, that's that cutoff. And by the way, Richie James, a lot of the analytical people uh, in the wide receiver community, they freaking love Richie James. I'm not saying wide receiver one. I'm not saying 1,000 yards. But Richie James gets open and has great, great hands. Richie James is going to be, again, I, I'm really excited about Richie. If for some reason he doesn't make the team, that's going to show you everything you have to know about Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, the, the, the rest of the young guys. Because Richie James, in my opinion, that's the cutoff. And he's a damn good cutoff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Brett, you know, I mean, speaking of each, he even said, hey, look, we, he's a guy we've tried to get before. Uh, yeah. And we didn't. And and now we did. It sounds like you like the ritu- the rituation we have at wide receiver is what you're saying. Hey, let's go to just a few comments here just to bring them in. Bryson Cruz says, I think it's too early to say Sky Moore has failed. Amen. And then he goes on to say, and we haven't even seen Rice set foot on an NFL field yet. Absolutely true. Future Trunk says, uh, and they wouldn't do this if they don't completely trust Tony and MVS. I worry more about the Pacheco injury because if we go full young wide receivers, we need a better or a more stable run game. Interesting. Michael Donegan says, we had eight one-score games with four comebacks last year, with a true number one that all goes away. Disagree. Do you agree with that? No. The Chiefs had the number one offense in football last year. I know it's fun to say, sure, if they had this guy, they'll win every single game 45-3. to three. That's not how it works. Defense is 
Chief Davis isn't getting better than a wide receiver one. You're not paying Nick Bolton, Legereus Sneed, Creed Humphrey if you have a wide receiver one that you're paying all this money to in year two. Again, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying this Chiefs team is better this year without DeAndre. Yes, they'd be better with DeAndre Hopkins this year. That's not a question. The point is, what can they keep? It's not Madden. You have contract restraints. You have monetary restraints. You have to take everything to account here and say, where would we be better? Where is this money best spent, not just this year, but for the future? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Um, I don't think that there's going to be blowing teams out if they had DeAndre. Because they had Tyree Kill here. Were they blowing teams out every single game? Sure, they blow out some teams. But they weren't blowing teams out every single game. You know what we were left saying? Why are the Chiefs playing so many close games? Yep. Tyree Kill's better than DeAndre Hopkins at this point. What's the difference? One comment here, and I want to take it. I want us to take us into this as an actual subject. Future Trunks writes, what are you all's perception of Ross? I'm assuming this is Justin Ross, but we could talk John Ross as well. Do you think he's a borderline squad player, or does he have a real shot to get into the wide receiver conversation here? Sterling, like, do you like Justin and or John Ross in any way to like really actively compete for a spot? I think both have a chance. Okay. I think John Ross as a returner. I think Justin Ross has a chance if they keep seven wide receivers. If they keep six, I'm, I have a really hard time thinking the Chiefs, unless he just shows out, he's fully healthy. But the wide receiver five and six, they're going to be playing some special teams as well. Justin Watson plays special teams. Richard James would play special teams, right, with Justin Ross. That's what it comes down to because your wide receiver five, wide receiver six, you're not seeing the field a ton. Yeah. That's what – Justin Watson only saw the field a lot with a huge downtick in MVS numbers last year. You look at the game-by-game um, game charts, whenever Justin Watson had a higher uptick in snap count, that was a direct correlation with MVS. Just something to keep in mind as well. That's why I think Justin Watson's spot is not as secure as some people think. I think some of their skill sets are a little bit uh, interchangeable. But I think if they keep seven wide receivers, it's going to be Justin Ross. I think right now I would have him as a little inside of John. Okay. Right, let's First, let's admit here, keeping seven wide receivers is a rarity, right? Like this very, doesn't, very rare. This yes. does not happen. But I think the one angle we can take here is we've always had Anthony Sherman or Mike Burton on the roster. Like we've mm. always had that extra guy. So maybe not having – someone in that role allow allows for extra something somewhere. And of course, if they have a wide receiver that they don't want to put on waivers, that's going to be the guy. Uh, you know, for me, either one of the Rosses, if you got excited about Corey Coleman last year, then you have permission to get excited about the Rosses this year. Like, like whatever level you get excited about those kind of experiments. Great. But if you think that like, Justin Ross or John Ross or whatever has a much greater chance than like Corey Coleman did last year for some reason. Something is is out of alignment in in reality. I'm not saying yeah. it's not possible, but I just think I think maybe Cornell Powell has a better edge on any of these jobs because mm. he's been around. And if you saw Cornell Powell last preseason compared to the previous, it was like a, he was a different man. He like yeah. the game slowed down. It clicked for him. He had some great plays. And if he's if he's trusted on special teams and this is his third year with the team, to me it makes a lot more sense to roll with a guy like that. But um, you know, but of course that's what training camp's for. I mean, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna sift all this out. Yeah. Um go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm fascinated to see how the roster crunch plays out as well. Cause I know we keep saying fullback, maybe they keep seven wide receivers. Um, 
what if they keep four running backs in the active roster because you, you don't know what you have with um, the injuries, right? You don't know the injury concerns. Do you want Tenerik Prince to be your uh, RB4? Do you want him to be your kick returner, right? I don't think he'd be the punt returner, but I think he'd be the kick returner. Uh, yeah. They keep comparing him to Niall Davis. If that's the case and you're keeping four running backs in the active roster, I don't know about that. That seems like that would be a spot for the fullback. Uh, if you're keeping four tight ends, if you keep four tight ends and seven wide receivers, that seems a little bit like overkill to me. Great song by Colin Hay and Men at Work, by the way. Uh, overkill, just phenomenal. I've been listening to a lot of Colin Hay recently. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Singer of uh, Men at Work, his album Man at Work is, come on, yeah. top notch. Top notch. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's that's uh, you, you jumped in the weeds there. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I think the roster crunch on offense is going to be very fascinating. Yeah. Let me, let me bring up one more angle here in wide receivers and then we can stop beating the dead horse. That's the position of wide receiver. But the one thing that no one ever talks about, everyone talks about, okay. Uh, you know, is, are the Rosses going to be something? Is Sky Moore going to make the leap? Is Rasheed Rice going to be any good as a rookie? Is uh, KT going to stay healthy? But what we're not hearing is MVS now has a year in this system. Is he, is there any level of improvement from a guy who's six foot four with true downfield speed. I think I'm a little enamored wondering, is Marquez Valdez Scantling going to be the one to take a leap forward? And no one's talking about it. Um, also, shout out to John Clifford for uh, understanding that reference and putting some lyrics in there. Appreciate you, John. <laughs> good, job, good job, John. He understood the assignment. Yeah, yeah. I like it. and I. But I think MVS might be the most underrated talking point that folks are not bringing light to, but I don't think it's something along the lines of 800 yards next year. I, I think MVS is one of those guys where, again, you have to be this tall to ride. I don't think MVS is ever going to be a thousand yard wide receiver, but I think he's one of those guys where he'll consistently go 600, 650, right around there. You know what you're getting from him. He's a fine NFL wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver one, might not be a wide receiver two, He's a damn good wide receiver three. He can do a little bit of everything. He can stretch the field. We saw him in clutch moments when he had to step up. What happened? Dude stepped up. Uh, I get what you are saying, but I'm kind of in the same boat of he's been in the NFL for five years now. He's had Aaron Rodgers. He's had Mahomes. Yeah, I think Mahomes is better than Rodgers, but Rodgers was damn good. He won two MVPs. He didn't really show out. There wasn't a ton of – Outside of what, Alan Lazard, there wasn't this superstar in Devontae Adams, I guess. Um, you know, there wasn't a massive amount of competition, right? He was wide receiver two a lot of those years. I think he kind of is who he is, which is a solid wide receiver. I will just say this. It would not surprise me if MBS goes for 750 to 850 this year and just becomes a much, a, not much, and becomes a bigger part of the picture than what anyone saw coming. I think that could be... Um, a a cool, a cool addition, I guess I'd say. How about uh, this? I will agree with you. He is a more important part of the picture, but I don't think he's a bigger part of the picture. You would I take mean, under 750. I would take under 750. Would you take under 650? I would take over 650. I would take 650 to 700. Okay. This is like that Price is Right clock game. The Price is Right game, like yeah. 40, 41, higher, 42, yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do this. Let's make a friendly bet. I'll take a, over 750. 
I'll give you everything under 750 for the season. Good. I, I'm making my – this is the third bet I have now. My uh, first bet is Falcons to win a playoff game with Ian McMillan. I do that podcast, uh, Stacking the Box. He has the Falcons winning a playoff game. I have them not winning a playoff game. Uh, I like my odds there. That's a bananas I, bet, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Uh, other one I have is Amon Ross St. Brown has more yards than Calvin Ridley. I have Amon Ross St. Brown. I like yes. my bet. Uh, this one is you're making under, good bets, including this one. You're probably very right about this one. But under 750 yeah. yards. What do we owe you? What do I owe you? M V. Because I know I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pay you. And this is with Matt Connor. Um, <laughs> you really. <laughs> You want to keep do a, the receipts, brother. Keep the receipts. Keep, come on, I have my my bets for 2023. Come on, I'm a I'm an honorable man. Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, Twelve pack. I'll do that. Or or a or a, uh, some whiskey, some bourbon. Uh, winner's choice. Well, big difference in price. Pappy Van Winkle, baby. Thank you. <laughs> some whistle pig. Let's do, I'll do it. I'll do that. All okay, right, we'll do, we'll do some bourbon. Some whistle pig. Let's do it. All right. Well. Folks, we have exhausted the wide receiver conversation. Uh, and that brings us toward the end of the show here. Yeah, let's bring in our buddy Richard. Um, are you there? I am here. How's it going, addicts? Look at this. Richard, by the way, our our boy Sterling got engaged. Do we like do we have a uh, a tribute? Do we have a graphic? Do we have something special we could play him? Is there like Not a, at all. like a Bruno Mars marry me or something or a, oh, no. or it's, a, it's in the works. A John Legend video, works. something we can play. I don't know. Can I hit one more comment really quickly from Jeffrey? It says upcoming season, upcoming stash. Sterling, you bet your ass. You yeah. bet it'll be a stash. The Chief stash comes out. Not yet. Not now. But Chief season. That was a winning stash last year. I kept it for the playoffs. It was a good luck stash. I don't know when it will come out. But when the weather gets cold and the Chiefs start getting dubs. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bryson has a comment. Wasn't Matt supposed to buy a Prince jersey? I will say this. Probably. I say a lot of things and then don't meet them. So if I'm supposed to buy a jersey, I'll buy the jersey. Do you guys remember? Was there? You, you did. You did say that. Was I supposed to buy a generic Prince jersey? No, it was a Prince take a no go. Oh, oh, I did say that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Wait, what was I buying a jersey for? Did I lose I a bet or was I just going to buy one? Just you buy lost it, I guess. a bet. Yeah, you lost it. You you made a bet with yourself, and it was a silly bet. Why would I do that? Um, why would you bet me with MVS? I, I don't know. I'm going to win. I'm going to win, and then you're going to get me a. I'm going to make you buy me the Winogo jersey. I I just need to buy that jersey. Anyway, Bryson, you are correct. I will remedy that. I did not recall, but now I do. Winogo, there it is, folks. We reached the must list, the part of our show where we recommend things. I would recommend both of these fine gentlemen to you if you could ever meet them. Uh, they're just great guys, but uh, where Richard Sterling and myself all bring up uh, just something we love. We love hearing from you too. What do you recommend? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you baking? I don't know. Whatever it is that you're into, we'd love to hear about it um, in the comments or in uh, yeah, on the comments on the video on YouTube, whatever it is. But uh, who wants to go first today, Richard? You got that look on your face. I'll, I'll go first. Let's. Why not? So I knew it. Yes, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, I'm going to respond to the the comment I see every once in a while. Richard's always recommending weird stuff. I don't know what the hell Richard's talking about. So maybe for today, maybe for every week, for the next few weeks until you get tired of this bit, I'm just going to recommend something very popular, very boring. We're all going to agree with it. So today we're going to recommend 1976's uh, a best-selling debut album by this band. We all know it. We all love it. We all agree with it. Boston, guys. 
They're great, right? And sure, if you haven't listened to Boston, check them out. But come on, it's sold 30 million <laughs> copies. It's amazing rock. I mean, front to back, too. Like, this is, I'm not being facetious. This is a good album. I'm holding it in my hand. I didn't run run out to buy this. I own it. It's great. Front to back. Tom Scholes. Tom Scholes is a genius, by the way. I mean, the guy's like a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, Brad Delp's got an amazing voice. But yeah, check out Boston if you've never heard of it. Self-titled. And check back in next week. We're going to talk uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. We'll talk Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, number, number four by Led Zeppelin. Thriller, come on, guys! The hits are coming. Tune in next week. Muscles. You gotta, you gotta wait a uh, foreplay long time until you get to next week. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am just that entire that thing good. seemed like you were just doing a bit. That entire thing, like you were just being very. He's so miserable. I He's love so Boston, miserable. though. See, I don't believe that. I. I I believe he likes Boston, but I just think he's so miserable pitching anything that any of us have ever heard of. Yeah. No, no I do love Boston, though. They're cool. I believe I it, know. but you don't like telling us about it. I just did. Yeah, you did. You did. Tune in next was, week when I recommend The Office. Awesome, dude. The Office. Uh, I'll go next. Have you guys seen The Righteous Gemstones? Have you guys seen the show? I love that. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, what's her name? The the, the young, the daughter, I, you know. Oh, my gosh. Judy. Judy, Judy Gemstone. She's a I, I don't know her real name, but I should. Edie Patterson. If you have not seen the show, it's on HBO. It's about a it's John Goodman as a TV preacher televangelist with the most rotten family ever. They're just the world's worst people. And the whole setup is hilarious. And. Yeah, like we we just watched the latest episode last night and my wife and I were howling with laughter at the absurdity of what was going on. Like it's just it's just total banana. So uh yeah, I don't know. It may not be for everybody, but but we're loving that show, The Righteous Gemstones. It's in its third season, I think. Mm-hmm. I will go with Guns and Roses, but no, we're not going Appetite for Destruction. Everyone knows that. Chinese democracy. The album that came out in 2008, it was basically Axl Rose and Friends. I don't know why it's Guns N' Roses. If it yeah. came out, if this came out as Axl Rose and not Guns N' Roses, I don't think this album would have been hated on the way it was. That was the issue, was this took 15 years, took 14 studios. It took a plethora of guitar players from around the world to come in. And if you actually would have just said from Axl Rose and not Guns N' Roses, I think we would look back on this album in a much brighter light. When I was driving back from Louisville, I listened to it front to back for just again, just because of, yeah, I was like, you know what? I've listened to this album a long time. Let's go front to back. Awesome. Kicks ass. Like, it really kicks ass. It's like if Guns N' Roses, to an extent, met Nine Inch Nails. Like, some of the songs were, like, better. Is a great song. Like, this song is awesome. Shackler's Revenge, Chinese Democracy, and then you have Street of Dreams, If the World, There Was a Time, some nice ballads in there in between. I really thought this album was unfairly shellacked. I get why it was ripped on at the time when you spend 15 years and you're just Axl Rose, none of the other, you know, Dizzy Reed, I think, was the only other, you know, somewhat tenured Guns N' Roses member that played on this album. I get it, but, like, listen to it now. Taking those preconceived notions away. It's 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 bleeping good. Rediscover. Love it. I've been reconvinced. Like, did you listen to it, Richard, when it came out in 08? You probably I did, was in, right? I was in college. Yeah, I was in college. Uh, I heard it. I, I didn't I didn't have any hard feelings about it. I thought it was okay. But I should re-listen to it now because I think a lot of albums deserve 
and re-listen. I think the first six or seven songs really you're like, wow. I I, I will stand by the song Better is one of the better songs that GNR slash Axl Rose has ever done. Um, there's a reason why they still play, I think, Better or even um, Chinese Democracy on their albums st- or on the, on the concert still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's a good song. That's why Slash and, and Izzy and, you know, the guys play it. Kicks ass. So come on. Sometimes stuff is hated on for no reason. Yeah, no need to hate. No need to hate. By the way, use your illusion one or two. What's your favorite? Oh, man, I don't remember. The Spaghetti Incident. Oh. The album of covers. No, I'm kidding. Um, I got to look back at one and two. I forget which what all songs run one versus versus two. Yeah, yeah. I'm a one guy, but yeah. You're, you're a one guy. Richard? One as well. Okay, okay. Civil Wars, uh, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, this was the Airhead Attic podcast where we went off the rails like we were Mr. Brownstone. Okay. Um, Matt Connor, you're my rocket queen. Okay. And I guess Richard is my Michelle. I don't know what we're doing here. I'm trying to think of some. I'll take some. Does that work? Yeah, sure. We're leaving the jungle. I don't know. You guys who listen are all the sweet child of mine. I had a lot of fun doing this with you guys. You have to have a whole bunch of patience to listen to this show, but we appreciate you guys. If you just want to drop us a review, I'd appreciate it so much. Before we get out of here, I actually do want to give a huge, huge shout out to an extremely nice reviewer uh, from Ryan Martin 18. Really appreciate you saying top notch chiefs news and entertainment. Just want to go ahead and say, uh, I like this part where it said Sterling Holmes is also one of my favorites and love his gym realm like delivery and straight to the point attitude. Uh, everything else, you know, don't need to don't need to listen to it. No, everything else is great. You were really super, super nice and very, very kind. Loves Matt Connor, all of his puns. Loves Richard. You got a shout out in there. So shout out to Ryan Martin. And if you guys want to get your name called out, come on. Drop us a nice review. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's fun. We, we enjoy need doing it. this. We need we, it. It we means need the world to us. We shut need it. I'm sorry. I had to do that. Until next Tuesday, we are out. I'm sorry. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.